Tanisan goes strangely quiet. Yes, said Mrs. Ishihama, but of course, if I had my time again, I'd do what I was always meant to do. I'd become a nurse and work with leprechauns in a leper colony. Fascinating, said Tanisan, who wasn't even listening anymore. At the time, they were strolling through the Koshikawa Botanical Garden, where Tanisan had just wasted the last 15 minutes trying to explain the significance of a certain apple tree to her simple-minded companion. The item in question was a cutting from the self-same perennial under which world-renowned scientist Sir Newton had supposedly sustained the fruit-based head trauma that laid the foundation of modern physics. Yet in spite of Tanisan's best efforts, Mrs Ish was unimpressed. Everyone discovered gravity, she said. It was one of the first things you noticed. They were in the park for a very particular reason. The previous day had been the funeral of Mrs Ishihama's aunt, who'd lived in that area and had always had a bit of a soft spot for the botanical garden. So they'd taken her ashes there for one last turn about the grounds before they were interred in the family grave. Mrs Ish had been carrying them around in a ceramic urn, while Tanisan took advantage of the opportunity to enjoy an ice cream. Now, however, it was she who took charge of the remains, while her bereaved companion popped into the ladies. Tanisan waited for her on a nearby bench, the light grey receptacle resting on her lap. But then after a while, her mind turned inevitably to the subject of its contents. Having known the aunt for many years, she was curious to see what she finally boiled down to. So she lifted the lid on one side and peered into the flask. However, just at that moment, a fly flew in through the opening and began pottering about on the ashy surface like a latter-day Buzz Aldrin. Tanisan's inclination was to shut the lid and let the insect perish. However, at the time she was going through a phase of trying to develop her kinder side, which was that part of her personality in most need of a workout. So rather than sealing it in forever, she removed the lid and held the flask out in front of her, unaware that her antics were being observed by two old ladies who were sat in the shade of a distant linden tree. Well, go on then, said Tanisan, when the insect failed to emerge. Why are you turning your back on freedom? You're not one of those miserable North Korean one-party state flies, are you? She looked into the opening, but couldn't see the creature at all. So then she gave the urn a good shake, much to the interest of the ladies, who were completely taken in by what seemed to them a bizarre little drama with supernatural overtones. Come on out of there, urged Tanisan, who was rapidly losing patience with the recalcitrant insect, or I'll seal you in for all eternity like Amenhotep. Tanisan put her ear to the side of the pot, but couldn't hear anything. Just then, however, she felt a ticklish feeling on the back of her hand, so she looked up, only to see the fly crawling across her bare skin. Ah, about your business, she said, jerking her arm away, which, yes, got rid of the fly, but at the same time sent a great cloud of human ash sailing up into the air. The two old ladies, entirely caught up in the moment, jumped to their feet as the mortal remains of Mrs Ishihama's aunt were caught on a gust of wind and blown back over Tanisan's head. No, 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 went Tanisan, looking on helplessly as the swirling cloud of old lady dust swept across the picnic area bordering the lake. One brief glance in that direction was sufficient to confirm the worst. 
As a scene, I can best describe it as a study in grey. Two young mothers covered from head to foot in the deceased, while their giggling offspring chase the rest of her across the grass. Very quietly and unobtrusively, Tanis Ann turned away from the catastrophe, put the lid back on the canister and sat down on the bench, privately vowing to abstain from any small acts of mercy from then on. As far as she could tell, no one had actually witnessed the incident, so if she acted normally, she'd probably get away with it. The only problem was that the urn felt much lighter now, and while Mrs Ish wasn't exactly firing on all neurons, she was bound to notice that. Tanisan's solution was eminently simple. She grabbed a handful of dirt from a nearby flowerbed and dropped it in the urn to top up the aunt, a sizeable portion of whom was currently settling among the irises. No sooner had she replaced the lid than Mrs Ishihama emerged from the ladies. Thankfully, the rest of that morning went as planned, as did the internment, so Tanisan was safely able to assume that she was home and free. Or perhaps I should say that she was safely able to assume that she was home and free right up until a point some three weeks later, when she received a text from Mrs Ishihama requesting her immediate presence at the Komagomi Cemetery. When she arrived there, she found that a small crowd had gathered around the aunt's grave, so she pushed her way to the front, only to be confronted by an unbelievable sight. The entire monument was awash with scarlet. From every nook and cranny sprang densely packed clusters of coral red flowers. Tanisan had never seen anything like it. Uh, yes, well, of course, the Higginbana, or red spider lily, has a special significance for Buddhists, came a voice to her right. For one thing, it is said to guide the dead through the samsara, the cycle of rebirth, and it is for this reason that it is also known as the resurrection lily. The individual holding forth in this instance was a short, fat, bald-headed man barely held in by an expensive-looking suit. At the time, he was being interviewed by a TV reporter, who seemed to have him down as the expert on matters spiritual. To the right of what I can only call this pompous windbag stood Mrs Ishihama, who was waiting for her turn to be interviewed, though it was clear from her expression that she was rather anxious at the prospect. She had her toilet face on. It was then that it all suddenly came together in Tanisan's head. When she'd topped up the aunt at the botanical garden, the soil she used must have contained some seeds or something, though in light of current events, it was probably best to keep that under her hat for the time being. And you, I believe, are the niece of the deceased, said the interviewer, suddenly turning the microphone on Mrs Ish. No, said the latter, peering directly into the camera. Uh, yes, she said. So... You knew her better than anyone. What can you tell us about her as a person? Her neighbours seemed to think that she was a very special lady. Mrs Ishihama continued to gaze directly into the lens, as though mesmerised by it. After a time, she began to smile. Ishihama-san? prompted the interviewer. No, she wasn't special, said Mrs Ish, but she did like to play the lottery. Ah, now that is interesting, said the interviewer, clutching at any straw. No, it's not, grinned Mrs Ish. Well, some people might think it is, said the reporter. And what do you think she would have done if she'd won the jackpot? Mrs Ishihama shrugged. I don't know, she chuckled. What 
kind of silly question is that? Perhaps she would have given it to charity to help those less fortunate than herself. I don't think so, said Mrs Ishihama. But why don't you ask my friend, Mrs Tanny? She knew her almost as well as I did. She's just over there. So now all the attention was suddenly turned on Tanisan, who was frantically shaking her head, not wishing to be involved in this ludicrous charade. Unfortunately, Mrs Ish was so insistent that in the end she had no choice other than to join them in front of the camera, though you could tell from Tanisan's thunderous expression that she wasn't happy about it. Mrs Tanny, began the interviewer, some people are saying that this incredible display of flowers is a miracle and as such is bound to draw attention to the person interred here, a person who was perhaps wrongly overlooked during her lifetime. What would you say to that? For once in her life, Tanisan went strangely quiet, partly because she didn't want to incriminate herself, and partly because she couldn't think of a single thing to say to justify all this interest in Mrs Ishihama's aunt. So she smiled and shrugged in an attempt to divert attention back onto Mrs Ish, Yet from the interviewer's point of view, there was even less joy to be had from that quarter, so she doggedly continued trying to draw Tanisan out. Uh, some say there was an air of serenity about her, and that she was always very kind to animals and children. Ha ha ha, went Tanisan, whose only clear memory of the aunt in relation to any kind of fauna was the stuffed budgie that sat on the shelf in her living room. And knowing her, there could well be a stuffed child stashed away somewhere too. She probably used it as a coat stand. And what about these donations she's rumoured to have made to various deserving causes? If, by deserving causes, she meant the scratch card companies and pachinko parlours, thought Tanisan, then yes, Mrs Ishihama's aunt had been a regular Melinda Gates. But of course, she couldn't actually say that on national television. So she just went on nodding and smiling, until in the end the poor reporter, who was having one of the most difficult days of her career, was forced to abandon the interview altogether. Well, I thought that went very well, said Mrs Ish, once they were back at Tanisan's house enjoying tea and cakes. Well, echoed Tanisan incredulously, in what possible sense of the word did that go well? Were you actually listening to what her so-called friends and neighbours had to say about her? She was a lovely person. She was always there to help. No, she wasn't. She picked her nose, fed her face and watched her soap operas. So why is it that whenever anyone dies, they suddenly become a saint and no one has a bad word to say about them? But you have to admit it was pretty miraculous, said Mrs Ishihama. All those lovely lilies springing up from nowhere. It has to mean something. No, said Tanisan, it doesn't. In fact, I'm willing to bet this perfectly formed slice of cherry cheesecake that there's a simple explanation. Such as? Tanisan hesitated, having realised that she was now on very dangerous ground. Well, I don't know, do I? she said. Perhaps it was some child's idea of a joke. Mrs Ishihama considered the possibility carefully. Well, I'm not one for jumping to irrational conclusions, as you well know, she said. But if that is the case, I'm sure the documentary people will soon get to the bottom of it. At this, Tanisan put down her blue and white teacup and peered at her old school friend. What? she said. The documentary people from Mysterious Mysteries? What about them? asked Tanisan with a growing sense of unease. 
they're planning to devote an entire episode to what they're now calling the Miracle of the Lilies, said Mrs Ishihama. They particularly want to interview you and me. The programme in question, Japan's Most Mysterious Mysteries in Myth and History, was one of Tanisan's favourite shows because it always delved deeper into the great unanswered questions of the age. Much, much deeper. We're going to get our own in-depth interview, explained Mrs Ishihama. No stone will be left unturned. Isn't it exciting? No, it isn't, said Tanisan, now on a full state of alert. Listen, Jelly Brain, your aunt has assumed the status of a saint in most people's eyes. So if we go on national television and tell them what she was really like, we're going to be slightly less popular than a urine-tasting festival on the banks of the Danube. The only difference is that I have the wit to lie convincingly, whereas you don't. So either we find something nice to say about her, or we have to get out of it. Who knew her better than we did? Mrs Ish tilted her head to one side like a Labrador contemplating a hermit crab, and proceeded to give the matter her fullest consideration. Well, she said, the only person I can immediately think of is Mrs Watanabe. They were next-door neighbours for over twenty years. Was she the one who tried to pinch the extra-long chopsticks for picking out the bones? asked Tanisan, casting her mind back to certain unseemly events that had taken place during the cremation ceremony. That's right, said Mrs Ish, although she did have a valid reason in my view. She said that she always loses out whenever she has dinner at her daughter's house, because they can all get to the pickle dish quicker than she can. Mrs Watanabe's apartment was in the same residential housing block as the late aunt's, the next door along, in fact. It stood off the Hackers and Dory just a stone's throw from the botanical garden. There was a pleasant view of the park's treetops from her living room balcony, although the apartment itself was unexceptional. At least, that was how it first appeared to Tanisan. When Mrs Watanabe went into the kitchen to make the tea, she had a chance to look around. The first thing she noticed were two large bottom-shaped impressions on the sofa in front of the television. Behind that, there was a sideboard with various photographs of Mrs Watanabe's grandchildren on it. There was also a ceramic bowl filled with disposable chopsticks for some reason. Tanisan ran her fingers through them and frowned, slightly troubled by the find. Ah! said the lively octogenarian as she shuffled back into the room with the tea things. I see you've found our collection. There's more to it if you care to take a look underneath. Just reach down and open that drawer. Tanisan did so and was surprised to find that it was chock-a-block with empty pot noodle containers, all carefully cleaned and stacked according to flavour. What you're looking at there, explained Mrs Watanabe with great pride, is the story of a friendship told through the medium of lumber remnants and non-recyclable plastics. You see, your aunt and I knew each other at school, so imagine our surprise when some 40 years later we found ourselves living in neighbouring apartments. To add to our delight, it transpired that we still had a great deal in common, not least among which was an abiding interest in the Japanese postal service. Well, of course, back then we were still both young enough to harbour ambitions. So we made a pact to visit each and every one of its 1,502 branches spread throughout the city. And every time we ticked one off on our checklist, we would celebrate with a pot noodle purchased from the nearest convenience store. Pick out any one of those chopsticks and I'll tell you which branch it relates to. But they're all absolutely identical, said Tanisan. Doesn't matter, said Mrs Watanabe. Pick one. I'll do it 
said Mrs. Ish, jumping to her feet. She scurried over to the ceramic bowl, grabbed one of the disposable chopsticks, and held it out in front of her like a mind-reader's assistant. Mrs. Watanabe closed her eyes and placed her fingertips against her temples. Candebranch, 8th of April, 2007, she declared. At this, Mrs. Ish drew an excited breath and picked out another. Nakano Shimbashi Ekimai Branch, 23rd of November, 2013, went Mrs. W. Wow, that's amazing, said Mrs. Ishihama, peering at the little wooden implement in wonder. How on earth do you do it? Now, there was no doubt in Tanisan's mind that the two swivel-eyed mouth-breathers she was currently obliged to share oxygen with could have gone on like that all afternoon. However, they were there to find out more about the late aunt. So, apart from the great postal-slash-pot-noodle adventure she interjected into their ongoing stage act, what can you tell us about your late neighbour that was help us to understand her as a person? Well, said Mrs Watanabe, who then sat down and proceeded to pour the tea, I suppose that if I had to sum her up in one word, I'd have to say that she was, uh, all right. All right, shrugged Tanisan. Yes, I'd say so. All right. Hmm, mused Tanisan, unconvinced. So what about her interests? We know, like you, she worked for the post office, but what kind of thing did she like to do in her spare time? Was she a member of any clubs or societies? Tai Chi, for example, suggested Tanisan. My mother does that. Well, the one thing I can tell you is that she loved her sumo. And when you put that together with the variety shows, dramas, quizzes and soaps, it makes for a pretty full viewing schedule, I can tell you. I see, said Tanisan. So, basically what you're saying is that she sat about on her bottom all day watching television. No, no, that's unfair, protested Mrs Watanabe, offering Tanisan an almond biscuit. There were other things. Such as? Well, it's difficult to say when you put me on the spot like that. She collected empty pot noodle containers, suggested Mrs Ishihama, who was only trying to be helpful. Yes, we know that, thank you, said Tanisan. Doesn't really help us to explain the miracle of the lilies, though, does it? What about doing things for others? Did she take an interest in the local community, help the needy, that sort of thing? Ah, well, now there's something I can talk about, said Mrs Watanabe with some confidence. About ten years ago, there was a problem in this area with safe places for children to play. So the local residents banded together and built a playground for them. Everybody chipped in. Including your best friend and neighbour, cut in Tanisan a little prematurely. I bet she organised the whole thing. I was about to say that everybody chipped in bar one, said the old lady. Unfortunately, our dear departed friend refused to have anything to do with it. She hated children. In fact, I remember her saying how the neighbourhood would be much improved if we lost one or two to the traffic. At this, Tanisan gave a weary sigh. But she must have brought something positive to the table, she insisted. Even Colonel Gaddafi provided free health care. Could she sing, cook, play a musical instrument at all? Uh, no, said Mrs Watanabe after some consideration. To which? asked Tanisan. All three? said Mrs Watanabe. But she must have had some sort of talent. She worked for the post office, shrugged Mrs Watanabe helplessly. Yes, all right, fair enough, admitted Tanisan. So how about growing things or looking after animals? Any fool can do that. Mrs Watanabe thought about it for a moment. 
Uh, no to the first because she lived in a third floor apartment, she said, and no to the second because she disliked children only marginally less than she disliked animals. Dirty, nasty, smelly things, she said, only tolerable stuffed or served on a plate. In fact, now I come to think of it, she said pretty much the same thing about children. OK, conceded Tanisan, I get it. She wasn't what you'd call a people person. But what about her personal beliefs? Was she religious at all? No. Atheistic? No. Political? Um, no. Scientific? Um, no. Philosophical? No. Vegetarian? Oh, no. Environmentalist? No. Oh, come on! exhorted Tannis, and was rapidly reaching the end of her tether. Even the dullest half-wits imaginable care about the environment. As do I, said Mrs Ishihama. I just said that. Well, I'm afraid she didn't, said Mrs Watanabe. Look, she said, I know it's very difficult to accept, but we may never know what lies behind the miraculous event that took place at the cemetery earlier this week. Clearly she had some special quality that was hidden from us all. Very well hidden, agreed Mrs Ish. Tanisan, however, couldn't let it go and threw up her hands. Ah! She went in sheer exasperation. Suddenly she jumped up from the table and marched out onto the balcony, which, as I said before, overlooked the verdant treetops of the botanical garden. Slamming the glass door shut behind her, she then proceeded to pace back and forth. The ridiculous thing was that in spite of her attempt to vent in private, Messrs Watanabe and Ishihama could see her quite plainly as she marched to and fro, waving her arms about and muttering to herself, although they couldn't actually hear what she was saying through the double glazing, which was just as well. All the same, Mrs Ish felt obliged to put Mrs Watanabe at her ease, so she smiled coyly and took another sip of her green tea. Been quite mild again today, hasn't it? she said. As for the rampaging Tanisan, her dilemma was a simple one. On the one hand, she simply couldn't stand the idea of Mrs Ishihama's vacuous aunt being lauded after her death, even though she could have ended it there and then by owning up to what had happened in the park. But then that would be to acknowledge that it was all her fault, which was, and forever would be, a very definite no-no as far as Tanisan was concerned. It was at this point that a rather unorthodox solution began to suggest itself, as they so often did to Tanisan. At the time, she'd stopped pacing to look out towards the park, when she suddenly felt a ticklish feeling on the back of her hand. Gazing down, she saw that a small fly had landed on her skin. And while it may not have been the same Buzz Aldrin that had troubled her in the botanical garden, it was enough for her to make the association. Oh, look out, said Mrs Ish, putting down her teacup. I think something's about to happen. It was. In the next instant, Tanisan came charging through the living room and out into the hallway. Shortly afterwards, they heard the front door slam. The little man, who had only recently been put in charge of the main gate at the Koshikawa Botanical Garden, saw her coming, so he stepped out of his booth to intercept her. At the park closes in five minutes, madam, he said. But one quick glance at her baleful expression, and he stood aside. Still muttering under her breath, Tanisan made her way along Alder Boulevard and through the Clover Garden until she came to the bench where she'd been sitting on that fateful day. She then got down on her hands and knees and began to fill her shoulder bag with handfuls of soil taken from the very same flower bed she had used to top up the cremation urn. 
she didn't stop until it was quite full. Several weeks later, a curious item appeared on the evening news. There had been a strange development in the miracle of the lilies story, and no one knew what to make of it. Put simply, it was this. Every single grave in the Komagomi Cemetery was now awash with scarlet flowers.